I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dear Summer, I know you're going to miss me. For we've been together like Nike Airs and Crisp Tees. S-Dots with polo fleeces. Purple label shit with the logo secret. Give me a couple years, shit, I might just sneak in. A couple words and like peaches and herbs. We'll be reunited and feel so hood. How the whole world saying, I still so good. Well, I do this in my slumber summer. I ain't none of these half ass newcomers. You know how I do summer. I drop heat when you bring the sun up. The combo make niggas act up. I pick a Boom. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. February the 1st. February the 1st. Monday. Dropping this thing. When the time you guys get it, it'll be tomorrow. Big fan of Mondays, of starting the month off Mondays. We got to keep the momentum that we had on January, bring it to February 2021. It's our year. We're making a difference. We're doing our thing. I wanted to announce, the first time I've announced this on the podcast, my first merch drop ever. There is no failure hoodie. There is no failure hoodie. I'm pumped about the hoodie. I love the color of it. I love the color. It's almost like an ash gray, I think, or an ash white is what they told me. Soft, the material soft. And I love the, I love what it says. I love the the concept of there is no failure. That means you just attack and you don't judge yourself. And you do. And you make moves. And you learn from your moves. And if they were awesome, great. And if they sucked, you learn from it and you keep going. So hoodies available now. You go to coach-hp.com, coach-dash, and dash is the minus sign, just in case, coach-hp.com right now. That's coach-hp.com right now. I appreciate the support. Donating all proceeds, donating all proceeds to charities. So I'm excited about that. If you haven't had a chance, I'm going to put the link below also in the description of this podcast. That there's no hoodie, that there's no hoodie. I wish there's no failure hoodie. There's no failure hoodie. Coach-HP.com. Thank you guys for the support. Check it out there. Description will be in the bio or in the description below of the podcast. This episode, man, I'm really excited about this episode for so many reasons. A, Rich Kleinman is a monster. The dude's a beast. Rarely do you have a guy that comes from the background that he does, connects with so many superstars in his life. And then the final one here with what he's done with KD, with Kevin Durant, the businesses they formed, the the trendsetters that they've been, the humble group that they've been, so many good things. So I'm so pumped to hear you guys get the feedback from what you learned from Rich, what you guys talk, what you guys take from our talk. And how guys like this come very rarely. Every once in a while, you get a dude like this that's humble, that's, like I said, I have a little mafioso vibe, but people just adore this dude. He's the ace, ace from Casino. 
He's the ace of our world. So, so pumped for that. And I'm even more pumped that I got my boy, Yonder Alonso, 11-year MLB baseball player, all-star. Dude, I, I called it. He's the second greatest hitter in the history of the 305, which is a big deal. A lot of, a lot of fucking lefties have come out of this place. And this dude is number two. Number one, if you take out steroids with my boy Palmero, then he's number one. But he's on. This is the first podcast he's ever done. Obviously, he's done a ton of interviews. But this is the first podcast he's ever done. And as you can tell by Rich's reaction, Yonder has a future in this. He has a future in whatever he wants to do. Great dude. Super talented. So I'm excited to be able to say that I, I use this platform to bring him on and to, for him to have this experience. So we're all excited here. Everybody's having a great time. Let's hug each other. Let's high-five each other. Let's celebrate each other as we get into another episode of the Coach HP Show with my brother, Rich Kleinman, and co-host, Yonder Alonso. Let's get it. Dear Summer, I know you're going to miss me, for we've been together like Nike Airs and Crisp Tees, Estats with polo fleeces, purple label shit with the logo secret. Give me a couple years, shit, I might just sneak in A couple words and like peaches and herb We'll be reunited and feel so hood How the whole world saying I still so good Well, I do this in my slumber summer I ain't none of these half-ass newcomers You know how I do summer I drop heat when you bring the sun up The combo make me With my brother, 11-time, he just retired 11-time MLP player, Mr. Yonder Alonzo Oh, what's up, my brother? I didn't know you was introducing him to me. I thought you were introducing him to the world. No, to you, man. You're the only one that matters here, dude. Oh, what's up? Hold up. How's my swing? How's my swing? We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> being from New York, being from New York, you got to you gotta know baseball. I do. I'm a Met fan, and I'm pumped. Yeah. I got my boy Steve Cohen there now. I'm assuming you've done a lot of praying now with the Mets. A lot of praying? Yeah, they're pretty good. We're going to be really good. I'm, I'm, I've been praying to Steve Cohen. That's who I've been praying to. Rich, I want to know. You've done a lot of things. In my opinion, the most famous thing you've done has to be Terrence Toss, no? Well, <laughs> for, me, for me, it feels like that's been my shining moment for sure. Um, and, and, and now it's becoming one of these things where – I have to figure out what the next challenge is going to be. And tonight, randomly, that you're asking me this, I have a friend of mine and a NFL quarterback to be named because I don't want to blow it up if he doesn't end up doing this. But I'm going to try to have him do the ultimate terrace sauce from about a block down, try to get it up to the terrace. So I'm going to send you that video first, Hector. Oh, my man, my man. Rich, we, we spoke for the first time probably five months ago, brother. And yep. I'm going to tell you exactly when the first thing I picked up the phone, I told you I'm going to repeat it again so it's on the record. I think we're so lucky to have a dude like you with your past, what you've done, where you've come from, to be in a position right now to start a podcast. It's literally an honest blessing to everybody that you touch, man. You've been at this now for, I think you've had maybe like, is it almost 50 episodes of what you've done and stuff like that? And you've come over to this world, dude. How is it doing what you're doing, bro? Do you feel that power that you had of how perfect this moment is for you? 
Uh, well, no, definitely not. I, I don't even, I appreciate that, but I think that, you know, I'm, I'm still like in an insanely eager space where I think I have gotten myself to is into a place to be able to now achieve the things that I want to achieve. And maybe only I can stop myself. You know, I think we have obstacles, all of us in our journeys. And I definitely think that each one of those obstacles got me to this place and I'm proud of how I was able to get through them. And now that I'm in the position I'm in, I in no way have this power, but what I do have is opportunity. And that now I think is, you know, like I said, is lying on you know, my shoulders because I wanted this opportunity to have a business of my own. Um, I have insane support from my partner and Kevin, you know, and that's the number one blessing. And we're doing things that we love. Now I got to bring them to fruition. In terms of being on a podcast, it wasn't actually, it wasn't a goal in any way. Um, I still am uncomfortable with the idea of being in front like that with a show. But, you know, the network that we're building, Boardroom, we have all these different elements and verticals. We have a video series, we have a newsletter, we have a college program, a trading card vertical. And on the pod space, we needed to really build out that vertical, I felt like. And to me, taking a, a, a CEO point of view, I thought a pod like mine fit and I thought I was the right person to do it. Um, if I feel like the pod doesn't fit that I'm doing, or if I feel like people don't like it or it's not the right fit for the network we're building, I'll stop doing it happily. But I do enjoy it because I do feel comfortable speaking. Um, I've never been nervous or anxious speaking. And I think that's been a trait that's really helped me in a lot of ways. And I'm meeting people that I may never have gotten the chance to meet or especially in the world we're in now, I wouldn't have got the chance to network with and build with, you know? So the show is a part that it's a part, you know, selfishly talking to people that I've always wanted to talk to like Lawrence Taylor, just because I'm a New York kid. And, and, you know, from that standpoint, I've been really lucky and enjoying it. Rich, how was that? How was that talking to Lawrence Taylor? Man, that shit was so fun. He is That's crazy. He's so you should listen to it because he's I did. I did listen to it. He was real, man. He was super real. He was real and he's just so dope, man. I just yeah. you know, I don't know. Like I think the, the athlete you love as a kid, doesn't matter what happens in your life, like nothing can change or replace that. That feeling that you have is incredible. So, you know, for me, I get to see some of these like 1990 Knicks that I grew up just idolizing. Mark Jackson was my favorite player. There was anyone that knew me up until the time I was 18 knows that the idea that I've got to know Mark Jackson is like game over, right? To, to the layman, they're like, yeah, he's dope, but they couldn't imagine someone would idolize him in that way. And, that, and to me, that's where I geek out, like being able to meet athletes like that that I just idolize. Well, you did play a little bit of basketball, obviously, growing up in and, and, and it's funny, it's funny that you say that because, um, Speaking of something else with, with Lawrence Taylor and basketball and all these things that you analyze, I, I wanted to I wanted to get into this. What I'm about to tell you right now is kind of not that many people know about, but I wanted to get in this in this league of yours in in uh, the drive in, in fantasy league. And I've idolized so many people in that in that team in that league with uh, Juan and Jay and Pepe and Gee. Um, what do I got to do to get in that league, man? She man, because there's a lot of guys that I look up to, man. Yeah, man. Same with me. You know, like I've been in for the, I've been in this league for 14 years now. And, you know, when I first 
gave my fee to get in the league, I had to put it on my credit card and take cash out. I didn't have the money to keep up with those guys. Um, and fortunately, I won the first season. So I got to pay. Yeah, I got to pay my credit card right back and keep some cash for Christmas. But man, I think the line for that league is endless, brother. I'm sorry. There's got to be a nice waiting list. I mean, it's been like four or five years I've been trying to get in this. Uh, me and me and my me and my guy and uh, just been trying to do it, man. And he just keeps telling me, my man, ain't no way it's happening. So I'm trying to create one now in baseball where we're gonna have you know top, the top of the top trying to get in this league and, and seeing if it works out. But I'm learning from you guys, so so uh, anytime that that something comes up, I'm aware of what's happening. So it's a lot of fun. That well, your best shot is if you give uh, Peppy an offer, he can't refuse, man. Peppy is stingy, man. Uh, he'll never get us. He knows how much these franchises cost that we have. He does know that. Hey, Rich, let me let me ask you a, a quick question, man. I know that that you 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 know you're dealing with football guys and basketball guys, and and I'm seeing how all these guys are so well acquainted and educated on the outside part of, of the field, right? And and you see these guys with shoe deals, and you see these guys on Twitter and social media, and and just getting out there. When we talk about baseball, I think that's the one thing that's missing. And that's the one thing that's that's really, really lacking. What do you advise and what do you think that guys should do going forward? You know, like you see a, a Lindor or you see a Bauer who I think those two guys are probably top, the top of their social media game, the top of, of things that they're doing, trying to get out there with New Balance and, and Adidas or Nike. What do you think that people should do or or kind of advise them on, on like what's going on? What, what what do you think is happening and what's, what's, what's yeah. the answer to that? Well, I think – you know, a few things I would probably attribute that to. Obviously, the sports popularity has diminished greatly um, for a number of reasons. And I think on the youth level, I don't think it's as big on the grassroots level as it once was. It has It's just not the preeminent sport. So kids are growing up and they're idolizing and connecting and, and, and copying players in basketball and football and Premier League. So I think baseball is struggling a bit with that. I also think the lack of American baseball players uh, has been a problem to a degree in terms of like Derek Jeter was this like American face of baseball and it's the American pastime and he just represented like this transcendent athlete that played the sport of baseball flawlessly and played in this big market and everyone could connect to it. So because of all these elements that I think have like put them in a tougher spot. It, to me, it's the individual baseball player's job. If they want this, if they want, you know, they make a lot of money. So if they want their own brand um, and they're not going to get that from brand deals, so to speak, because that's just cash and transactional and there's not major media around baseball player brand deals. It's starting to take the money and the capital that they've earned and knowing that they have, a power in that and they can go into certain rooms and start to meet people because when you meet people they're going to love the fact that you're this star baseball player so one-on-one -on -one, that's still going to connect with people and impact people so if i'm mike trout or tatis like it's about making sure that you're spending time at these certain events and these certain rooms and these conferences and starting to just get a outreach to people at different private equity companies and vc business and just say you want to be in it and learn and everybody's going to want to talk to them and I think then once you start investing in some of these deals, aligning yourself, worrying less about being front and center and getting a check and saying to a company, let me show you how I can build with my social media and my fan base. 
I think that's a good way for some of these athletes to start seeing their names listed in some of these articles and investments with other entrepreneurial athletes. And then, you know, there's a, a trickle effect from that. And then also, you know, at the end of the day, when you're winning and you're performing and you take advantage of that moment and you utilize your social media and you do something that differentiates yourself, you know, you have an opportunity. You know, Mike Trout is probably the best baseball player of all time, uh, pound for pound, and he's has every attribute that I just said. Um, and I think that he is on the cusp. I think like the news of his baseball card, things like that really helped a little bit of the buzz around him. But I think right. now Mike Trout has to force the issue if he wants to now start becoming an enterprise. You know, and I think obviously he can do it though. Yeah, and it's hard, man. I, I think season is so long and you're, you're grinding through six months. Actually, it's eight months because spring training is two months. And I think people just don't have the time or the want to want to do those things. And and, and I think, you know, you I listened to a couple of your of your shows and, and you talk about how educated these athletes are coming out of college, coming out of high school. And I think they're more educated than ever, more educated than, than they were 20 years ago. Heck, when I came into the league, it was 10, 12 years ago. And, and all I wanted to do was just get educated. Now these kids are coming up and they're already completely past that transition. I mean, they're making moves at 19, 20 years old, which is what I'm seeing in basketball and football. And I'm always concerned about like, why isn't baseball doing that? You know, why isn't, why aren't they not doing it? And, and, and obviously we, we know these answers now uh, going forward with it, but it'll be interesting to see what happens now with COVID and, and what happens with this, this whole dilemma going on, because I'm seeing how basketball and football is definitely transitioning to that and, and making it work. And they're having yeah. fun in their stadium. And, and I'm just wondering if baseball is there. Well, you know, I think what happens is baseball players, unless they're like the top pick, right, they get drafted and they spend these years in the minor league system and they're not making any money. No. So agents, for the most part, are doing nothing but facilitating their day to day. But if I'm a baseball player in the minor league and I believe I'm going into the majors and I'm going to have a real career, man, that that is a time to build the foundation of your business a bit. You know, you have right. to educate yourself on it. I think that what's happening with NFL players and NBA players is unfortunately there, there are so many people that come out of the woodworks trying to get at these guys at such a young age that you heard so many stories of so many unfortunate things happening that they almost have to come equipped and built with this armor of knowing how to manage people, knowing how to be aware of your money, knowing how to make decisions on who you want to represent yourself. At 17, 18, 19, you're choosing where you want to play a basketball because you know it's putting you in the right light. You're choosing where you want to go to college or if you're going to pro. And all of those decisions, like you're thinking like a businessman at 18, 17 years old. These baseball players don't do that. And then no one really pays attention to that side of their life because they're not earners until they're going to arbitration and then going to make big money. You know, right. and then at that point, you know, I think it, the players really, and I think the cool thing is the union, the players union has so much power where in other sports they don't. It would be dope if the players just kind of used a little bit of that to say, you know, we need to put our brands out there. You know, like the stars almost – if you get, if you do more for Mike Trout, Mike Trout will be able to do more for baseball. Right. And, and you know, Coach always talks about it too, about positivity and, and opportunities that you have at hand. And, and you have them. You know, these 18, 19, 20-year-olds, they do have them. And they just don't take full full capacity of that. You know, and for me, it's always like that struggle with trying to tell a young kid, my man, 
you got it. You got it in you. You just go do it. Go do it. Go do it. And it's hard. And you talk about it, too. You've talked about it before in your shows when you talk about when you left Rock Nation and you went to 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 do your own thing with Kevin. And and what was that transition like? Like, what was that? Like, did you mentally did you say, I want bigger? I want something better. I want something stronger. And I want something behind like my name and, and with Kevin to build this empire. Did that did that ever like occur to you or did you even think about that mentally? Yeah, I mean, I think like looking back on it in the moment, I was too immature and emotional and like I, I couldn't think more than day to day. I don't think anyone can when they're that age or at least I couldn't. Right. Looking back on it, like I didn't do well in school. I couldn't be in a school environment. I couldn't be restricted. I could. It just wasn't who I was. I was always kind of dreaming and and thinking of where and what I could do next. Right. So when I first started working, everything I did was very much entrepreneurial and on my own and dictated by me. And I was able to um, start to do really cool things in management and in uh, music supervision. And I was doing some film stuff. But when I got to meet those guys and go over there, um, it was a dream come true. And I learned 90% of what I know. However, that gene inside of me, like ultimately, you know, that's, that's one of the best companies in the world, but that couldn't right. stop the gene inside of me that was like, not nah, one way or the other, I got to feel like I had control my own shit. And, right. you know, I guess that's what it ultimately was. And I think the relationship that Kevin and I had was so strong, you know, like it wasn't about like him coming with me as a client. Like it really wasn't because it wasn't conscious like that. Like he wanted something bigger and, you know, it was actually that part of it was really hard for me because it wasn't about economics. It was just about us feeling like we could have something. And um, yeah, you know, and, and I think if you feel that, you got to go for it, period. There's nothing better than that, man. There really isn't. When you just, when you take that part out and you just think about that friendship and that connection of just doing something big like that, and it comes, it's, it's butter. It really is butter, man. It is, and also like, look, man, if you love, like I, I think something I realized during the pandemic was I fucking love what I do. And because you love what you do, I was able to get through the days and like understand like what I was working for. Then I and then the rest of the day I got to hang out with my family and be like, well, this is exactly what life's about. I'm gonna bust my ass right. and I take care of them. So if you're wired that way and it's like that's in you, you gotta to me, you gotta take a shot. Yep. Rich, let me ask you a question, man, because I think that dudes are made to be what they are with what they go through in their life. And when I look at you from, from the outside, I see all the characteristics of a winning guy that you want on your corner to represent you, to bounce ideas off, to go to battle for, because you have like this interesting mafioso vibe to you, you know, that just comes, I don't know if it's the accent or the thing you, you have that. And then you also have like this, calming power to you you know like this very calmness and it seems like you're very comfortable being you as a guy that struggled with a lot of identity issues till i hit 31 man have you always been that way or did that start developing as you got more mature so i'm so happy you just asked that question because like that's a dope question and it, you thought about it and you clearly have like thought about me and it's different. This pod, just like to take a second break, is doper than any pod I've done, period. Like I could already, the vibe, just the way the two of you are talking. Um, that being like, no, but okay. So I'll try to answer that like um, 
it, I have not always been this calm and I have not always been this super confident. Uh, I think I've always had some of what you just said inside of me. I've always been someone that people relied on, related to. I'm a problem solver. Everybody came to me and I relished in it. I really wanted to take care of people I, I, uh, in, the, in the smallest forms, you know, day to day. And, and my parents had a horrible, horrible divorce. And it was like textbook brutal. Um, everything you could check off that's supposed to be in those stories that you see in those movies happen. And it was awful. And I think because of that, like I, my brother is somebody that kind of disappeared from it. And I'm somebody that kind of got in the middle of it and communicated and tried to navigate and take control of the situation. I was supporting my mom since I was like 18. And it was kind of this thing where I always just talked I always fucking communicated how I felt. I did not feel like I wasn't a real guy, whatever that meant, because I was sensitive. You know, I'm emotional. I'm not sensitive. People, I used to always say, people used to think I was sensitive when I reacted a certain way. And I would be like, I don't care. I'm not, I don't think what you said is something that is true. I'm emotional about how I am going to communicate. I've gone through enough things that seem like the end of the world at, at, at times that I can confidently now like deal with anything that I go through and also like start to put things in perspective and start to get a little bit of an understanding of like my purpose. And I don't think it's unique to me. I think it's maturity. And I think that like you realize these like words and terms when you go through it. You know, I, I consciously think I did go through a little bit of a midlife crisis. I thought it would come in something different from the movies. But what it ultimately came in was this like little bit of questioning everything. I don't know if you guys have gone through it. Just like, man, what the fuck does this even matter? Like when you're a kid, everything matters. And then all of a sudden you realize nothing matters. Then you have to make things matter. Right. And when I got through that, I was like, oh, cool. This is dope. I can consciously think about what's important in my life. And that's kind of what you see is that like came through it. And I feel that way. You know, it's funny. KD is in that place. And, and I think it's funny, people will start to pick it up in his body language and in his, in his interviews. And we've gone through it a lot together. He's 10 years younger than me, but the reason we relate is A, I didn't grow up how he grew up. And I think that the, the years that that puts on people when they come from the kind of environments that Kevin came from added years. And then a lot of our family things were, were the same. So because of all that, we went through that period of like, what the fuck? Like, we don't have to do this. We don't have to do that. Oh shit. You can't tell us, you know, all that questioning and then started feeling at ease about what's important. And now Kevin like just lives for every minute of playing ball again. Right. And that's like another version of it for him. And you'll see that calm with me. It's like, I just am, love meeting people and opening up and talking. And that's, it's cool. You saw that. So I appreciate that. 100 brother. It matters. It matters. And I think that's what happens. He, he probably, he's probably realizing that it matters. I hit that. I hit that that note, too, when I was in the middle of my career and I was saying, For real? Or, or am I just going to play and be on a losing team all the time? This has nothing to do with money. This has to do now about winning yeah. and, and creating this brand, right? And, and you really hit that. And I think every athlete hits that. And I think the quicker you hit it, I think the better it is for you. Oh. Because you go into yourself. Like, you see LeBron, right? LeBron went through these stages. I, I always see on Instagram these, like, his, his uniform, his, his profile pictures of like his first, you know, 12 years. And you can see the transition through, through his days. And those are all 
in itself their own little crisis. And I'm sure he was learning through all that. And I'm, I'm sure Kevin is learning through that as well. You know, so it definitely. And then, and then you appreciate, I mean, at least for me, I think with your children, you then get to a whole new level because so like I was watching the Nets game last night and my daughter, my seven-year-old and I'm 11 and seven-year-old and you know, they, I don't know if you, you guys both have kids. Yeah. So yes, sir. it's just like so depressing when you start seeing that like little baby kid go to like young kid and then young kid going to like tween. And she said to me last night, it was like the fourth quarter of the net game. She was like, will you tuck me in? And I found myself rushing the experience. And then I was like, babe, there's a Nets game. Like, let me give you a quick. And I was like thinking to myself, like, I can pause the fucking net game. Like, he plays every night. Consciously <laughs> was like, there's only a handful of times left in my life, no matter how you cut it, that this is ever going to happen. This is ever going to happen. And then I like savored every bit of it. So when you get there, however, whenever you get there in your life, I do think some people get there early. Those people are like magical, you know, like fucking Bob Harley probably got it at like 12 years old, right? Or he was probably born with it. But when you get it, it's like that thing, that piece. Totally. totally. Rich, I, I can't agree with you more. Let me ask you a question. Yonder has no idea of this because he doesn't have this problem. Hair loss, bro. How did you deal with your hair loss? This dude has like a mop up there. How did you deal with your hair loss, dude? All right. Well, so as a kid, I idolized basketball players, right? And all I ever wanted to do as a kid was have my head shaved. I just was like, damn, everyone on the court has their head shaved. Like everyone has short hair or they look like fucking Larry Bird. And I was like, I don't want to look like Larry Bird. I want to have my head shaved. So my father's bald, my grandfather's were bald, my brother's four years older than me, and I started seeing it coming. So I was mentally preparing for it, knowing I wanted to shave my head, seeing that it looked pretty good on my brother. When I was like 14, I was at the third baseline, and the third base coach was like, damn, you're going bald, little man. And I was like, what? I remember, <laughs> Rich, Rich, let me ask you something. What is up with people hitting us with sensitive things like that. I had the same experience. I had this Cuban barber in Miami. Literally almost stopped the whole barbershop to tell him a 19-year-old was losing his head. Like, it, like if I had something to do with it. Like, if it was my fault. Yeah, a ball, ball jokes are, like, safe. People think they can just make ball jokes like there's nothing. It's crazy. Like, little I, kids, like my nephew, like, they just make ball jokes. No, I, I wanted to bring that up because with now, with a lot of hair surgeries, with a lot of... uh taking Propecia with this and that, those dealing with hair loss for a man is very difficult. And they don't prep us for that. And what I've always told people is if we could eliminate in high school, algebra, trigonometry, all these bullshit math courses that we're never going to do, and we start putting in, especially for dudes, empathy, human communication, when you fuck up, how to take ownership. If we could just do that in this world, man, we would all be prepared for what's coming. Do you agree with that or no? Well, let me tell you something. I'm very fortunate. So I grew up in New York City in the 80s and 90s, and there was a real middle class in New York City. So your father could make $150,000 to $200,000 and send you to private school in New York City. And you could go to Florida on vacation and visit your grandparents. You definitely could go to private school. And by definitely going to private school, then you got access to people whose parents were making 15, 20 million. So I was in this amazing place where like, we didn't have everything, but I had enough great childhood. 
in terms of like resources. And one of them was this school and the school is called the Ethical Culture School. And then it turns into a school called Fieldston. I learned and was taught about ethics as a legitimate course in my life from the time I was four years old. It's a real anomaly. And the funny thing is they've had real issues at Fieldston through the years, some racial tensions, et cetera, but only because the conversation has always been open at that school. And it's why my kids go there now. And it was a completely diverse student body, 50-50. Some of my best friends were of every different ethnicity, et cetera, gender. And I had conversation like that. I 100% think that it should be implemented into your curriculum in terms of dealing with loss, dealing with um, a group of people, navigating situations in life, leadership, working within a team, simple life lessons. You know, something Kevin taught me once, we have a college track program that guides kids from ninth grade, basically through their college years, but really getting them ready for college. And we partnered with Lorene Jobs and incredible program and it serves this school right where Kevin grew up. Kevin said, we got to do something for the kids that are going to college though. And I was like, okay, well, what do you mean? He goes, real life shit, bro. Real life stuff. Like kids that want to go learn how to go get a job, maybe have to be a bank teller. Someone's going to have to learn how to deal with authority. Someone is going to have to learn how to apply. And it's true. Like imagine really, like if we know that people go into the world lacking those things. We've established that. Why don't we start that and really make it a part of life? Because listen, I still to this day do not understand. I'm sure there's a reason, but the math and shit that we were learning, I just don't understand. Like when the fuck did I use it? Never. We talk about that all the time saying they should take away calculus, they should take away geometry and add ethics, add life into a class. I don't understand. I don't understand. Rich, you being a parent, you have the ultimate. All three of us are girl dads. You're girl dad twice because you got two girls. Have you ever in your mind thought of, man, what it would be like to have a son? Would, yeah. would you want him more like you? Have you ever thought about that? So my um, my younger daughter, like I could tell she looks like me more than my older daughter. And my older daughter it completely is me. Um, and then because of that and seeing them grow up before that, I did not care. I actually was like, this is easy. Like I, I for some reason, I, I was assuming I'd have a kid the first, a, a boy the first time. I could think every guy thinks they're going to have a guy and a girl thinks they're going to have a girl. Then we ended up having a girl. I then wanted a girl the second time because I was like, I get this. And I really never thought about it. Ever, ever, ever. And then recently, seeing them evolve into people, I'm like, wow, it would have been really cool to see a little dude evolve because, like, I'm so much like my dad's characteristics and a lot of his mannerisms. So that would have been amazing. And then I have uh, one of my closest friends. I'm the godson to his older son. And he has a younger son who just, I'm like, nah, this is. I need this. Like, you know, I'm finally getting that feeling. The problem is my girls have looked me in the eye and told me that if we have another kid, they're done with me. And I think <laughs> they fucking meant it. So I'm done. But I think about it a lot. I will say having a boy, having a boy is nice. 
you know, especially in, in, in the world that, that I've been in, I was blessed to be in with, with obviously bringing him into the baseball field and all that stuff. But, you know, but like you said, we are in this great place where they don't need us except for us to approve shit. And that puts us in this amazing place. We just have to balance it with our wife. I remember watching uh, The Life on ESPN. I wish that show was back. I, I was uh, I did my little homework on you, and I know you were part of the the music uh, aspect of it. And man, what a great show! And growing up, seeing that stuff, you know, seeing all these new these new shows that are going on now in, in today's world and all that. But seeing that realness, seeing what what these guys were going through on a daily basis, and and, and athletes are, are just personnel we're, we're going through on a daily basis, man. Like that was a gem right there. And and obviously the Connie Island stuff with with Marbury was incredible as well. And Man, you've done it, man, and, and uh, you know you should be proud of yourself. And obviously, the way uh, the way I see it is an incredible talent, man. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really Rich, do. I see that a lot. With one thing, you don't get a lot of credit for either, dude. Is your humbleness, you and Katie's humbleness, to almost accept that Team LeBron was at a certain place with what they were doing with Maverick Carter and that, and you having the humbleness, dude. That men don't have that. To say, you know what? These guys are doing it. We want to learn. I remember episodes of The Boardroom where you specifically said that. And, man, that is stuff that if young, especially dudes, start getting that mentality. Like, look, you guys got the baton. There's enough for everybody in this world. It isn't, oh, fuck them. Let's hate on them. Whatever you do. Opposite. You embrace that. And I'm sure that has brought you so much love and so much stuff, man. Were you always like that? Is was your team like that? Are you and KD? Did you talk about that? Talk to me about that, man. Uh, no, I'm I'm definitely like uh, I'm definitely less competitive because I feel like sometimes people get in competitions where there isn't one and create these things in, in their in their own minds. And like you said, I don't look at it as like these are basketball players that have these media companies and et cetera. These are businessmen and they happen to be two of the best basketball players ever to play. LeBron will go down in history for many things. And one of them is for the blueprint that they created in terms of being able to maximize and take control of the power that you have and create this incredible generational brand. Brands, all the brands they've created. And it's not like I hadn't been working in business before I was working with Kevin. So there was a lot of things that I had done prior to working together with Kevin, obviously. But when Kevin and I started working together, what was brand new to us was having to create something with Kevin being a basketball player, having the constraints on his time, knowing what the opportunities were and seeing some of the, the roads that were now blazed a bit for us to be able to go into as well. And you got to always show love to that because not only are they friends of mine and Kevin's friends, but these are people that we all want the same kind of thing. We want to create great stories, great content. We want to help give back and, and do good. And we want to make sure that Kevin and his legacy and in their um, in their respect, LeBron's legacy are in the positions that they should be. And there's been incredible opportunities that they both created for people. But when we look at what they built, it's inspiring, you know, and 
you know, we have our own take on it, and Steph Curry has his own take on it, and Tom Brady, and, you know, Kobe had has an, had and has an incredible business, and Michael Jordan's, but, you know, the blueprint LeBron created was the one that, like, was really inspiring for us, for sure. And I think a lot of it, you know, similarities to the blueprint Jay-Z created, right? And I clearly was inspired firsthand by that. I love that, dude. What's up with Sam Rothstein? That's like one of my idols. What do you like about Sam Rothstein so much? I just love numbers and gambling and sports and casinos. And I'm not, not like I'm a degenerate gambler, but I'm like, I love it. I was a bookie in college and I just, I like the language of it. I like the whole energy around it. I love Vegas. And that movie Casino is incredible. Uh, Robert De Niro's son, Raphael, is one of my best friends in the world. And I got to know Bob very well over the years. And um, I was introduced to uh, the real Ace Rossi through my friend Raphael once in 1998. And I don't know. It's just like one of those things. I think it's cool. I named myself Ace Climbing or Ace Rothstein in the Fantasy League. And I love it. Rich, Rich do you agree on, on the betting in-game in -game stuff at stadiums right now? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think – yeah, I mean, I think I think sports gambling should be incorporated slowly. I think it should be, you know, it's already obviously legalized in, in a ton of states. And right. you see the relationships that FanDuel has with the leagues, DraftKings, and athletes. I think it's only going to continue to grow. I think it's a, a revenue stream that can help certain states, and especially New York can be really aided by it. And I think that you know, I think instead of avoiding what we know has been a part of sports forever, like let's have a healthy relationship with it and open up new, like, opportunity for people. Absolutely. Rich, I – this is the first time me and Yonder do this together, by the way. This is and the first wanted, time. First time he's ever done this before. And I wanted it to be – I wanted it to be you, Rich, for so many reasons, man. And one of the things I told Yonder is, brother, I'm operating from a – perspective of 100% honesty. And the reason why I wanted him to come on with you is not only your credentials, but you rescheduled on me five times, four or five times, right? Last minute. I didn't sleep all night, and my boy Gianni would hit me with a little email. Oh, sorry, I, my man, whatever, whatever. And when I told that to, to Yonder, and it's happened to me with a lot of people, he goes, why does that happen? And I gave a truthful answer that I want to know how you dealt with this coming up. I go, Yonder, that happened because I don't matter right now. And I thought, you know, and think about that. I don't matter in a way where if, let's say, if, hold on, if, if it were be Joe Rogan, you're not canceling Joe Rogan five times, right? I don't take any of that personal because I understand how life works. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to know is how did you deal with that? I know that's how I'm going to win at life at doing this because I get it. I have empathy for you. But I want to know you. Coming up, you weren't the guy you are now. I'm sure people did that to you left and right. That you go, like, okay, I'm not going to get you today, but I'll get you two years from now. I'll get you. How did you deal with that? Um, well, I, I I just dealt with it, and it's part of the game. I didn't take it personally all the time. I assume good intent. I'm not sitting there thinking, man, that person tried to fuck me over. I'm just assuming good intent, and I just keep going and keep trying and. He, you know, dreaming about what, what's going to happen when I get there. As it relates to you, it has nothing to do with me thinking you don't matter. I think you matter tremendously, and you came through a good friend of mine. 
to be honest with you, I just owe you an apology because sometimes shit happens. And it was like shit just happened a few times as it related to you. I got such a good vibe and energy from you when I first spoke to you and I knew you weren't going to take it personal. I straight up just knew you weren't going to take it personal. And because of that, like I did it, but I, I still apologize. Nah, you don't need to apologize. I think this is what kids today need to understand that, hey, it ain't personal, man. It's just, hey, sometimes that's how life works. Yeah. And when you get to a certain point, it doesn't happen. But you have to earn this kind of stuff, you know, just like this dude earned what he got in his career. This dude was cleaning, uh, was cleaning office buildings while two months away from being a, uh, a first rounder. Nobody does that. Nobody talks about that in the TikTok, Instagram generation, which another thing we're going to add to the Kleinman Alonzo HP University high school is going to be how to handle social media, the difference between the real world and the fake world. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy how it's just, that's all been gone. People aren't real. It's just very simple. Like there's nothing better than another man telling me, Hey, you know what? I messed up or somebody telling or, or another person when you messed up and they come to you and they said, Hey, thanks for looking out, man. I know you messed up, but you know, you, you have my back and you, you made it work, you know? And like, there's just none of that anymore. And, and, and we see it in our business every day, right? We see it in baseball, basketball, and football, how there's just no loyalty, which I understand, but there's no realness. Like if, Hey, I rather, I rather a GM tell me, Hey, you suck. And we're going to trade you or release you because you just didn't do it. Yeah. And there's nothing better than that because I would respect somebody so much more if they were like that. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, that's, that's just, again, I think that's something that like takes a lot of maturity to be able to just kind of accept, you know, I, I, that definitely came in that period that we talked about earlier, which was like trying to just quick, take a step back, pause on a text you're about to write, uh, you know, put the phone down right before you write that vicious response. Right. You assume something negative. You read words that could have sounded positive, but you just read them as negative, you know, and now you're fuming and it's right. just because it's on your fucking phone. Like, just put your phone down and that problem goes away for a second. That takes a lot of maturity and patience. And then to be able to be like, you know what? I could diffuse this entire thing by just apologizing or listening or saying, I hear you. And I do take some of that to business. And I have people in my company that challenge me, think I'm being too soft sometimes. And I try to value the, the goes, how long I want to go through that. Like, am I really, am I really going to stress ultimately what I'm fighting you for? Am I fighting you because I just want to know that I won? And I do balance that because I do want to stay in this feeling that you said that you saw me in, which is that I do feel really chill and I don't want to, I don't want to fuck that up. You're the man. Rich, before we let you go, any questions for us, man? Anything we can help you with? I don't have questions for you guys, but I want you guys to be ready for when I come down to Miami I want to, you know, I want to have a good time, fellas. I want to get it. I want to get in a little bit. That's Absolutely. guaranteed. We have to, we have to witness at least once if when we go to New York, uh, Terrence toss, we got to experience that, you know, we got to maybe experience some other stuff, but that for sure. Last question, Rich, last question. Favorite, uh, I'm assuming it's rap. Number one rap artist, brother, that you love. Jigaman. One song from Jigaman. There's a billion, but give me one. Give me one. Uh, dear Summer. Boom. There it is. Thank you guys so much for listening to the whole show. Big shout out for Yonder coming on. Shout out to my man Rich. 
for making his appearance. Finally got him. It was so awesome to get him on the show. You could find me at Coach HP on all social. Yonder is Yonder2323 on Instagram. And Rich Kleinman is Rich Kleinman on Instagram. And he's www.35adventures.com to see everything that he's doing with his stuff. Subscribe. I love you. Remember, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is that you go hard and do your thing and try to love somebody else that isn't you so much. Love you guys. See you on the next one. Summer, I know you're going to miss me. For we've been together like Nike Airs and Crisp Tees. Estats with polo fleeces. Purple label shit with the logo secret. Give me a couple years, shit, I might just sneak in. A couple words and like peaches and herb. We'll be reunited and feel so hood. How the whole world saying, I still so good. Well, I do this in my slumber summer. I ain't none of these half ass newcomers. You know how I do summer. I drop heat when you bring the sun up. The combo make niggas. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.